Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today. Discover the power within. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome to World Spirituality, exploring the unity within all cultures and faith traditions with your host, Reverend Paul John Roach. So hello and welcome to today's show on World Spirituality on the Unity Online Radio Network. Yes, I'm your host, Paul John Roach, coming to you from Fort Worth in Texas. It's a nice warm day here, late August. Um, my wife, Wendy, and I had to miss our show uh, together last week because uh, we both came down with the, the Delta variant. Uh, which was no fun. We're we're recovering now and uh, feeling more or less back to normal. But please, everybody out there, take every precaution because this is no uh, joke. It, it's serious stuff. Protect yourself and, and your loved ones. But uh, today, here I am live again. Still got a little bit of a throat cough or whatever, but feeling much better. Uh, my guest today is um, Wendy DeRosa. She's an internationally known intuitive energy healer, speaker, teacher, and the author of Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuitive Powers. And we'll take a look at that book today. Um, Wendy is the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies and the Intuitive Healer Training Program and Certification. She's also a faculty member of the Shift Network. So it's a joy to welcome uh, Wendy DeRosa to today's show. Glad you're with us. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be here. So first question, what is an empath exactly? For those people that aren't, they've heard of the word empathic perhaps, but what, what is an empath itself? Yeah, so an empath is someone who feels the energy of other people through their sentient body. And sometimes that means interpersonally, like being in front of somebody and feeling their energy. Sometimes it means walking into a room and feeling the energy of the room or the people in the room. And sometimes it's feeling the collective. Um, But they literally feel it through their sentient body. So some people call this... um... Uh, being a sensitive is there, is there a correlation there to an empath yeah. and a sensitive yeah definitely i mean people who are sensitive oftentimes are empaths are empaths the uh the part that's important is that empaths specifically connect to emotional energy so it's typically the emotions of another individual and we feel that on a vibratory level like vibration um sometimes what i talk about often in my book which we can get into is sometimes empaths 
there's 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 the empath who feels the energy and then there's the other experience of taking that energy on and into their body and what i like to differentiate is between being an empath and being overly empathic right exactly cuz it could be overwhelming can't it you know taking yes. on everybody's energies and woes and whatnot and um, and unfortunately there are some people out there that sort of are willing to give away their energy if you like um got a well, they suck other people's energy let's put it like that so we've got to be yeah. careful to protect ourselves yeah absolutely i mean so much of why we do that again is what i go into the book it's like empaths do feel the energy of other people but there's there's the the process of taking that energy into the body is has more to do with what's going on in an empath's energetic body and what's in their history and in their system that's allowing that energy to transfer over into their body and so yeah, so there's ways to work with that. So, and we'll get into that as we progress mm -hmm. through the show. Um, so, is everybody empathic, or, or are there some people that have, you know, a greater tendency towards it? Uh, like some people are, you know, seem to be natural healers. Um, other people are, you know, more intuitive than others. Um, that we all have the ability to be empathic, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, empathic intuition relates to the clairsentient sense in the body. So there are other clairs. There's clairvoyant, clairaudient, claircognizant, which is the knowing sense. And then there's the feeling sense, and that's clairsentience. And, and you know, and, and, and really, it's one of the first senses that develops in the womb. We feel through our sentient body vibration, whether that's, you know, vibration of mother or father or the sound of their voice or, or emotions they might be feeling. So everyone comes in with a clairsentient or, clair, or, or you know, empathic sense. It's just that that people will develop particular ways that um, they will either, you know, it, it will either become more um, intensified. And again, we can go into this later, but it becomes more a part of their gift or it, or it ends up becoming something that they might actually shut down to. Well, we're taught not to have it, aren't we? You know, it's, it's one of the things that... <clears throat> intellectual learning kind of cuts out you know that's yeah. just silly you know you know feeling too much or stop that or whatever uh, i think we've all been through that somewhere along the line where we you know th those sensitivities or those empathic abilities have um, been denied or denigrated in some way you know get over that you know you can't afford to be so emotional right it's, it's a tough world out there so you got to survive and Unfortunately, that that it hampers us in many ways, right? Absolutely. I mean, we are we are conditioned to suppress feeling in the body and feeling ourselves, and to be more rational and proactive and productive and successful and all of these things. And um, you know that are that are disconnect us from our sensitivity. And you know, I think what's happening is empaths aren't tolerating it anymore, to be honest. I, mean, I think that's partly right. why empaths are getting triggered in the world with energy, because they're starting to feel finally. So is this a more of a masculine than a feminine problem? 
in the sense that men, you know, it, we often say, oh, it's a woman's intuition, right? As if that belonged to a woman alone. We know that that's not true. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are many men that are very intuitive, but sometimes the, it's denied even more strongly in, in a male than in a female. Is that correct, you think? Yeah, I mean, one of the ways I describe this is that, you know, really empaths are people, men or women, all genders, who come into this world with strong second chakras. So I relate a lot of intuitive work to the chakras. The second chakra, which is located in the, in the pelvis region, is the feminine power, no matter the gender of the individual. And so that power center is about feeling beneath the table. And it's about sensitivity and vulnerability and emotions and intuition and it's you know it's creativity and sexuality and we have historically culturally you know across genders have been basically shamed in that area of our body told that you know we're too sensitive men get the conditioning that you know toughen up you know don't feel those feelings and and so men have had to disconnect to survive in our cultural systems, our societal systems, you know, to, to fit a particular paradigm. And so what happens is this, you know, really empathic intuition is an aspect of the feminine power by way of second chakra power. It's a feminine power center. Um, but you're right. It's not about gender. It's about, you know, it's about reconnecting to this area of the body that has been shamed throughout history. You know, women, you know, women also, you know, the feminine in men and women has been suppressed in this area. So we hold a lot of energy in that area that needs to be healed, you know, historically. And at the same time, the power of the empath is emerging from that area too. So it's quite the paradox happening. Right. Interesting. And and we have ways of peripheralizing these things, right? We we either put it off like onto witches or whatever, you know, and, and the dark side, um, you know, that kind of thing, um, and denigrate women as, as crones or witches or whatever, um, or, or we trivialize it, you know, into, um, you know, nonsense or, or uh, frippery, you know, the, the, rather than something real. And uh, it's, it's sad because these qualities that we're talking about are very powerful, aren't they? They, they, are, they are what creates uh, music and art and um, anything that's creative, I think, stems from this uh, intuitive awareness, right? Because if you're in touch yeah. with that, you, you begin to be truly creative in a way you couldn't be if you're just in your, in your head. So it's, 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 you know, it's a crucially important aspect of who we are. I, I I get chills even when you said that because it is I yes I absolutely believe that this power is also part of it's it's the creative aspect but some of that is coming out of creative solutions for the problems in the world right now that can't be handled from the sort of the patriarchal paradigm it's now you know we've got to find a new way to um, implement empathy and vulnerability and connected conversations, et cetera, that all come out of empaths, you know, empaths speaking truth. It seems to me also that um, our 
neighbors, you know, our non-human neighbors on this planet are also <laughs> very intuitive, right? If you've got a pet, uh, a dog or a, or a cat or any, any sentient being, um, you, you can sense their sensitivity. I mean, I think this is particularly yeah. true of dogs, um, you know, that they, they are very, and they can pick up energy, can't they, very, very keenly. Um, if there's anger around or fear, they, they are very responsive to that. So um, talk about being intuitive. And I think the whole of Mother Nature, you know, is open in that regard, right? It's, I think even weather patterns, you know, um, talking about climate change or whatever, you know, Mother Nature is influenced by imbalance and, and um, gets off kilter as a result. And we see the, you know, what's happening in our world as, as a, as a, uh, out, outpouring of that, if you like, in terms of strange weather patterns. Um, so, so everything is is highly tuned in that way. I think you know, highly sensitive in that way. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, you know, empaths in general, they they care. <laughs> they care about they're, they're the we consciousness. They care about humanity. They care about Mother Nature. They care about animals and, you know, people who are in need, they are innately healers. Um, but part of this too, is that they've also been feeling the injustice of, you know, what, how we have been uh, injuring the planet, you know, and they yes. want to make a difference and they want to advocate and they want to heal and show up and be of service. And so there is this sort of reciprocity or, you know, really being, being a, um, being reciprocal back to the, to caring for the, the really like the damage we've done in many ways to the, to the planet. And so, yeah, I absolutely believe that we're, um, it's, it's the empath operating in this area of the body that's transforming our, our patterns. So let's talk about the, you mentioned them earlier, the four aspects of intuition, because um, I thought they were quite interesting too, um, the ways we uh, receive this information. So let's just go through the four and, and, and sketch them out a little bit. So you, you mentioned um, what clairvoyance is one, right? The ability to, mm -hmm. to see things beyond the physical senses, right? Yeah, so so I actually I like to start from the base up in the body okay, because that's, that's where they that's operate good. from and mostly because it's very grounding to get connected to these parts of our energy body. Um so clairsentience obviously is the empathic sense in the body and it very much has to do with the first three chakras of the energy system and how we feel mostly through our front body. In, in those particular, in those lower power centers. Claircognizance is the knowing sense. And that has to, more to do with the back body and that deep unseen sense of I am connected to myself in a way where my body takes in the intuitive guidance or hits, and I say hits or intuitive guidance, internally and kinesthetically through the body. So clairsentient people feel, or they, they, I should say they know 
they know because they know because they know and they don't know why they know, but they know. And sometimes they get the body sensations like the chills or like a sudden, you know, sort of shudder of their arm or their leg or a pain in the belly or something where they, they, their body gives them a kinesthetic response that says yes or no, <laughs> don't do this or yes, do this or pay attention here. And that's the clear cognizant sense. And it's very much connected to our soul in union with our back body and also our heart because it's related to our heart callings also, which is very kinesthetic in our heart center. And then we have our clear audience sense, which is, uh, it's about deep listening, intuitive listening. And that, that listening might be um, higher consciousness, like spirit guides, angels, higher self, God, divine channel, you know, any of any of the spirit realm. It also might be listening to our inner child or listening to the voice of our heart or listening to the, to the voice within our system or our body in some way. Um, yes. And that's very much connected to the back of the throat. And then the third eye center is our connection to visions, seeing higher visions, perception. Um, I often call CEOs <laughs> clairvoyant people. They may not die, like say that about themselves, but they, they see the big picture. They know how to run an operation because they see the vision, you know, visionaries and being able to um, see through imagery is that clairvoyant sense. So that brings up the question you mentioned, the front and back body, right? So what yeah. are we talking about there? Mm -hmm. This is really a game changer in that, you know, the front body, when we walk in the world with an awareness of our back body, it changes everything. <laughs> but essentially our front body is the part, it's our ego consciousness. And that's not negative. It's it's how we engage as a human being in the world through our, our, our affect, our personality, and how we're here to show up in the world and give and receive on that humanity level. And we have that, that engages the front side of our chakras. The back side of our body is where we lean back into spirit and into higher self consciousness. And I see that often like a waterfall of grace that comes down and we lean back into that waterfall to source the backside of our chakras. Um, that's also called the pillar of light or the prayer channel. There's different names for it, but it's this waterfall of grace and through which we are connected to higher consciousness and we receive from higher consciousness, from spirit through that. And as empaths, this is critical because we empaths, when we walk in the world from our front body only, and we're giving and receiving only through our front body, it wipes us out. We become ever energetically overwhelmed, depleted. We lose, we, we're using too much of our humanity. But when we start to lean back and receive grace or light through a, a waterfall into the backside of our chakras, then we're receiving, we're nourished. This is self-love coming in through the backside to nourish self. And then we're sourced to be able to show up in the world from a place of being deeply connected to ourselves rather than, you know, just living in the front half of our energy body. So it's, it's a powerful shift. 
So is, this is linked in some way with the, you know, some of us are familiar with the Kundalini and the, and the three channels that are going up the spine. Um, you know, we don't need to get into all the details of that. It's yeah. quite a com complicated system, but um, you know, you got the male and the female um, Kundalini energies coming up the the central column that Channel. you talk about, mm -hmm. uh, right? And uh, you know, creating balance and creating the reciprocity. I like I like what you said about the the waterfall. You know, it's like the Jacob's ladder. The angels are ascending and descending, right? So the, there's a reciprocal, reciprocal arrangement between our humanness and our and our divinity that they're they're interconnected in some way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we do can engage spirit in that way through that that channel, and we have an awareness of this central channel, also the Shashumna Nadi is what you're referring to, the central channel, and the that when we feel that as our center, our center is not just the solar plexus. We think of the core, you know, the solar plexus gut region as our core, but our center and our core is actually the central channel, which runs through the entire midline of our body. And when we, when we do engage the back body, we can actually center we can feel that central channel, that there's something in the center of our body. We're not just, again, in front of it. So, yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a, there's a line from Hamlet uh, where, in Shakespeare's play, where Hamlet says that, that there is a divinity that shapes our ends, rough-hew them as we will. And... Um, and I love, always love that line. It's this, the idea that there's, there's divine harmony and order going on, you know, even, um, even when we're hacking about trying to make sense of our lives, um, yeah. spirit comes along, you know, grace comes along and, um, there's a beautiful job for us. And you had one such experience that stood out for me in the, in the book. You, I think you were in Boston at the time and walking down Newbury street, which I've been down many times, uh, have relatives who live in that area and uh, so i'm familiar with that that beautiful street in boston the back bay there um you want to tell us about that because it, it was almost like a personal shift for you wasn't it or a, a confirmation of these of these higher um awarenesses uh, higher connections yeah it was uh it changed my life really it was a major divine intervention and and up until this point of walking down the street, I had, you know, I'd been having panic attacks due to oversensitivity and, you know, just a whole history of being an elder, elder child, elder daughter in a family of eight kids. And um, to make a really long story short, I, I started to develop panic, panic attacks and, and depression. And um, I was at a point at that at time I was in college and I was trying to decide, do I leave? and find follow my heart and move to Colorado where I felt like my next journey, this next stage of my journey was, and, and there was no social media at the time. So this, I knew nothing about Colorado. It was just this heart calling. And, and so I, I was walking with my roommate and down Newberry street and we took a left and we're having this discussion. Do I stay or leave? Staying meant forfeit my, my, my my critical condition, leaving meant forfeiting tuition. I mean, it just was like, to me at 19 years old, it was a big deal. So I 
at the time there was this tower records on the corner and I come across, we, we turn the corner and there's a man standing there and he's got a, he's wearing a red jacket and he's carrying a ukulele and he says, can I sing you a girl's a song for some spare change? And, you know, we looked at each other and we were in our conversation and we said, no, that's okay. And he said, no, Wendy, you need to hear a song. And he calls me by name. And at that point I look at him and he's got a glow around his head, not um, like a halo at the top of the head, more like all around his face, like all around his head. And he says, my name is Arius and I'm going to sing you a song. Don't worry about the change. And so he gets down on one knee and he sings this song, Home on the Range where the Buffalo roam. One day you're going to get to Colorado. Hey. And he gets up. And he says, Wendy, it's not your time to go yet. And he gives me, he says, hang in there. You're going to get there. It just now's not the time. And he gives me a kiss on the cheek and he vanishes behind me. And my roommate and I look at each other and look back and he's completely gone. And then here I was on the street <laughs> in Boston. And I mean, I was in a lock with him. There was a definitely a transmission healing that was happening on the, on the street. My anxiety lifted. I was having this powerful experience. My roommate runs off to try and find him. Could comes back. She's in shock. Do you know what that was? And totally in shock. And I, I was here stunned and going through this experience on the street. And she's, and I said, yes, I absolutely know what that was. And then we just down this whole giddy down the street just couldn't believe we had just encountered an angel like that and it was powerful i mean i finished the semester and and moved on from that point i found i moved to colorado it's i'm abridging the story but i found a healing teacher and who helped me understand that i i actually had a gift that my oversensitivity was not meant to be taking me down the way it was and that i i needed to really understand the gift that I had as a healer. Powerful stuff. Wow. Yeah. And also, you know, we'll talk about this in the second segment, the the double-edged sword, right? That sensitivity or, or being an empath brings, um, mm -hmm. you know, like you said, you can get overly um, influenced, overly emotional or whatnot. And to have to create that, that healthy balance, which allows us to be open, you know, and vulnerable but but not overwhelmed, right, and, and broken. So, yeah, they're very important um, aspects. But, yeah, wow, what a shift. You know, I think so many of us can resonate, may not have had that exact similar experience, but a moment, you know, a tipping point, if you like, where something changes and you can't explain it, right, rationally. How did, how did that happen? And yet you know that, it, you know, it was totally valid for you at, at that time. Folks, we're at the break. I'm with uh, Wendy DeRosa talking about becoming an empowered empath. Uh, join us after these messages from Unity. We'll be right back. Sometimes you feel so alone and overwhelmed, you don't know where to turn. These days, it seems like there is no end to our problems. We invite you to connect with Silent Unity, the 24-hour prayer ministry where someone is waiting to pray with you right now. Since 1890, Silent Unity has always been there. No judgment or dogma, just someone affirming the best for you. 
Call 816-969-2000 today. You can also connect online at unityprayervigil.org. We now return to World Spirituality with Reverend Paul John Roach. All right, welcome back to today's show. I'm with Wendy DeRosa. We're talking about her fascinating book, Becoming an Empowered Empath, How to Clear Energy, Set Boundaries, and Embody Your Intuitive Powers. And we've we've covered quite a bit of ground in the first segment around the fact that we all have these intuitive awarenesses and sensitivities and powers um, but sometimes they've been denied or well, we're just not looking at them in in a way that's helpful. Sometimes they can overwhelm us because um, they are powerful energies. And in the second segment, we're going to look at uh, ways to effectively utilize these great gifts that we have and, and open ourselves to the, the power that comes from them. But also talk about the the idea that with every gift, it seems to me anyway, there's the the obverse you know there's a dark side to everything and and that doesn't mean it's bad it just means that we we have some balancing work to do um you know if you if you are a sensitive if you are empathic you know there's a tendency to sometimes be too much so uh, and be overwhelmed so we have have to uh, protect ourselves and and find that um, that sense of balance um setting boundaries as as the book says so let's talk about that. Um, you know, you talk a lot about uh, fear and and, um, and lack, shame, trauma, things like that, and, and how those can negatively impact our abilities and our, and our success in life. And you shared your own, um, you know, early panic attacks and, and things like that, which sometimes, you know, comes to those who are very sensitive and 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 gifted right we see it in artists as well you know geniuses in some areas of their lives and basket cases in others right um so you know it's it, it's the price we have to pay perhaps i don't know talk talk about that yeah you know it's it's interesting because i i what i would like to do is just explain a little bit of what goes on in the energetic body for an empath that speaks to everything you're saying um it, because it'll give a little bit of context and framework to help some some an empath understand their experience. And so what happens for an empath, and, and this is why I'm so, uh, <laughs> I, I so value the chakras in, in our energy body, because an empath or a sensitive being that they don't have to identify as an empath comes in, comes into the physical human experience. And one of the first power centers that develops our sense of safety, bonding, and attachment in the world is our root chakra at the base of our spine. And those root chakra developing years is zero to seven years old. So from zero to seven years old, we are we are very empathic. We are marinating in our system, our family of origin, our school system, our cultural system, our religious system system or whatever systems we're raised in. And we are absorbing into our body 
at that time programming on how we're going to survive or feel safe or feel a sense of belonging in that system. Well, sometimes those beliefs that we absorb into our body might help us belong in the system, but they might not necessarily serve us in the long run. They might be fear-based beliefs. They might be beliefs around lack. They might be um, they might be feelings of unsafety. And so when a child's raised in environments where they don't necessarily feel safe, which happens for empathic children, because we're raised at a time when nobody really understands how to raise a sensitive child or gives language to an empathic child. So the empathic child's ra being raised in a system where they inherently at the base of their body feel unsafe or not don't feel a sense of belonging and so what happens in the energetic system is the root chakra contracts and we start to live with unconscious fear at the base of our body what happens at that point is that the spirit starts to elevate higher in the body and we we can evolve and grow in the upper chakras. That speaks to the genius part or people who are highly, become highly intuitive in their upper chakras. Maybe that's more like in the, you know, the clairvoyant realm or the clairaudient, the psychic realm, um, the medium realm. You know, they sort of can live a little higher in the body. But what happens is the soul and the soul can live just fine from the heart chakra upward, but we can, we can have a lot of problems on the relationship and humanity level because we're not totally empowered or dropped into these lower chakras because the root chakra is contracted and not allowing enough grounding force into the lower chakras. Well, for an empath, when the root chakra contracts, the second chakra blows open, and at that point, we move into hypervigilance. We start to pay attention to what everybody else needs around us in order for us to stay, stay safe. We might people please. We might be codependent. We might absorb their energy. We do anything to manage the energy around us. And so it's either living high up in the body or living with a really open second chakra and not having boundaries at that point. And it's not that we don't want it. It's that our body's doing something else. And so the, the key here is for empaths is that we have to start moving back into that root chakra and start to create safety in who we are, not safety in the system. The system's breaking. The system's like all around us going down and it, it's transforming. We are transforming it, but we are transforming it by getting more deeply connected to ourselves and our root and our truth in our body. And so that that's part of the profile or the framework of what's occurring for the empath. Very nicely put. Yeah. It's, it's quite, it sounds quite um, subtle and complicated too, right? It's not, there's no easy answers here, right? There's a lot of energies moving, and um, we have to be we have to honor that, if you like. Yeah, and I think that part of the paradigm shift here and on on sort of energy healing and is that we are we are work we're, our spiritual growth is about healing the lower chakras, not necessarily about going up and out 
higher and higher. It's about how do I bring heaven to earth? How do I how do I come down into my body and really heal the history that I'm carrying intergenerationally, that on the lineage level, that's in my own experience uh, historically in my body, that's my traumas. How do I heal what's stored in these lower chakras, release that energy down the grounding cord or, or however we want to process it and and really embody here. And for empaths, a big key to that is feeling our feelings and shifting that old paradigm of children are meant to be seen, not heard, and don't cry, or you're going to be punished, or I'll punish you if you're angry. It's now learning how do I let myself have my authentic feelings and my authentic voice and drop, let that drop me in to my lower chakras and be empowered and okay with how I feel. The more we can do that for ourselves as empaths, the more we can stay embodied when other people have their feelings. I love this. I, I think it's uh, a problem on the spiritual path in general that we, you know, we want to go higher and higher, right? We, we almost want to deny we have lower chakras and, uh, always dwell in the in the place of love and intuition and the thousand petals lotus you know where we're connected to spirit and whatnot and and then the work of really embodying ourselves completely and those th first three chakras are, are crucial in that regard eric butterworth who was a unity minister once said that you know in so many ways we're overread and underdone and uh, <laughs> i've always liked that phrase because, you know, we, we know a lot about it up here in our heads, but uh, we're not really fully cooked below. And, um, you know, what you're talking about is doing that work, you know, to to be fully human, right? You, can, yeah. you can't be fully divine unless you're fully human. And, and sometimes, oh, no, I just got to deny my humanness so I can, you know, free myself and become this absolute being of light and love. Well. I, you know, I, I don't necessarily subscribe to that. I think, uh, unfortunately, we can do a little bit of spiritual bypassing if we're not careful, right? Where we where we ignore um, some of the traumas and difficulties because really that's just part of my humanness. I need, I, you know, I need to transcend that. Well, you can't transcend it unless you've, you know, really embraced it and and looked at it clearly, right? So I love what you're saying here. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and I love how you just put that together because I mean, I think of spiritual bypass as I'm living higher than my third chakra. I'm not mm -hmm. in my first three chakras. That's what I think of spiritual bypass when it, it it's not someone's fault. I want to be careful of the shaming around it because you, in many ways, we might be living higher in our chakras because there was trauma and because this is the way that our soul decided to take care of itself is like, you know, that was, a, I want to thank that part of, you know, that part of us that, that moved up higher because that was a, that was a survival tactic. And now we are in a spiritual time in our life where we're called into the world as householders, not as ascetics and monks and, you know, and, and in the monasteries who were able to remove ourselves from society and able to focus on the thousand petal lotus. I mean, we're now right. called into the world through the root chakra, through the second chakra, through the third chakra and embody and be grounded and learn how to relate on this hum humanitarian level in a whole new way. 
you know, we're, we're called into the world. Okay, so let's let's move on to another aspect of this. Um, we're called to help, um, and we have, you know, we're empathetic, so we want to help. How do we avoid being overwhelmed and, uh, you know, having other people's energy um, take over us? Um, I remember one time, uh, you, this is an example of how powerful energies can be. I, I was receiving a healing treatment at a therapeutic healing um, session, and it was therapeutic touch, so it was light, very light touch. But um, whenever this particular person healed me or, or you know, did a treatment, I, I had this extreme reaction um, that I, I had to get away, that the energies that she was, you know, and I'm, I'm not trying to say she was a negative person or anything, but for me, it was, there was a, there was a, a visceral reaction to, her energy and I had to get away because I felt it was poisoning me in some way, right? Um, and, I, and I know her intent was to heal and to be helpful, but it, it wasn't working for me. And I, and I would request after a while not to have that person. What was going on there, do you think? Yeah, it's, I think it's very important to be discerning and to trust that part of you that had the reaction and, you know, tended to yourself in that way. Um, you know, I unfortunately we we all any one of us can be ha can have wounds in our body that we aren't conscious of that you know there's protection mechanisms around that we might not fully be uh you know taking responsibility for and i, I mean i could make an assumption here i mean my i i could assume that um she had some unhealed parts that just leaked out, which happens. And right. um, it might be that there's a part of you that was in tuned or had, you know, had also uh, a need to be in a safe container, to be with clean energy, to, um, to not feel that energy. And so you might, your response might have been the, uh, the self-care that you needed right. in that time. Yeah. That's what it felt like to me, you know? Um... Yeah. But just a, a case in point, I guess, for the listeners, how powerful these energies are, you know, that I was surprised at my visceral response, you know, to, to someone else's energy. So in Unity, we talk about, you know, surrounding ourselves in the white light of spirit is, is one technique. I know you mentioned visualization, right? You can visualize yourself protected, um, surrounded by good energies or whatever, or I like to use mentors sometimes, you know, people who have inspired me that are there with me as my protector. Um, and there's various techniques, right, that you can use to create safety there, cre create a healthy boundary when you do this kind of work. Absolutely. And I, I think I might just add a couple into the mix because I, I think there's yeah. a, there's probably thousands of techniques here. Um, and though I love the ones you mentioned. Um, one, a couple others to think about is your grounding cord connecting. And I see the grounding cord not as a skinny cord from the tailbone to the earth, rather a wide tree trunk that secures the sides of the hips, the low belly and low spine. So it really hugs the pelvic bowl and then extends deep into the earth, creating a grounding connection to really that sense of trust and safety and security and in the earth frequency, which has a slower 
and more solid frequency to it. So the grounding cord and then inner protection comes from radiance. We can certainly put light around us and I, I use that tool as well, but the, the light around us doesn't always shift the inner state. And so I, I talk about this a lot in the book that you know there is a lot about healing and clearing our energy and what we're holding in our body. And my book comes with meditations at the end of each chapter to uh, take people through those clearings. But the primarily what that framework is, is that we have this radiant central channel. And when we do ground ourselves and allow, you know, the lower half of our body to be sourced from earth and then the upper half of our body to receive grace from above, it sources the central channel and we can radiate presence. We take up space in our body. So our inner protection is that we are radiating out and not leaving room for vacancy or anything to cross over our energetic boundaries and come in. We are literally present in ourselves. Yes, beautiful. Yeah, um, I like the idea of um, letting things go back down into the earth too, you know, whether you visualize them being like water seeping back into the earth or whatever, Going back to its, you know, its primordial place where it's no longer a, a problem for for us, and um, yeah. and you know, just just letting it re, uh, visualize it going in in that direction that that seems helpful sometimes too. Um, I also read, you know, in Tibetan Buddhism that the three qualities of consciousness of mind uh, are uh, open, clear, and unimpeded. And uh, the, the, so the, the truth of us is open, clear, and unimpeded. And, and if we visualize and contemplate that idea, you know, nothing can harm us, you know, because we're, we're expansive, we're open, uh, we're, we're clear, we understand, um, and nothing can impede us. And uh, the, that, that's beautiful to me, too, because that's the ultimate protection is being in that expansive state you know out of which arises compassion and generosity and gratitude so um you know there's some like you said there's so many ways we can we can do this work so we we have uh, just a few minutes left uh five or seven minutes left uh what have we not covered that's important to you what what would you like our listeners to know uh, about um to doing this work becoming an empowered empath yeah, absolutely. Um, we covered so much. I, I, what I would probably add here is that part of being an empowered empath in the world comes with healing your energy, like healing the blocks and healing the history in the body. And so um, I really give that as a, as a, I talk about that a lot in the book and, and tools on how to do that. But the other part of it is 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 allowing your power to emerge from the center of the body, and that includes the lower chakras. And I, I do believe that's happening for people, uh, for many empaths, because I personally, as much as empaths, it can feel like be, being an empath can feel like being being like it's a curse. I actually see it as a blessing and I see it that empaths are really shifting consciousness on the planet 
because they're not willing to sit in the non-transparency anymore, they have had lived a lifetime of managing the unspoken and having to coexist with shadow and, you know, suppressed feelings and what's been under the table. And, and it's just getting to the point where the, the empath, and, and a lot of people are, but the empath is really getting in touch with injustices and allowing for change to happen. They're utilizing their voice. They want to have connected conversations. They don't want to dwell at the surface and have surface conversations. They want to get in there and, you know, and really um, have emotional connections. And, and in many ways, that's shifting the way that we're communicating with each other, it's shifting models in parenting, in schools, in leadership. It, 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 and we, we might be on the forefront of it and we might be in conflict around it, but the conversations are happening. We are learning that vulnerability is a power. And so I, I really want to encourage the empaths to, and even sensitive, anyone who identifies as being sensitive, intuitive empaths, to keep looking at your sensitivity as a gift and to keep healing and clearing your energy from what is not yours and what probably was never yours to begin with. So if my book can help with that, I, I, I would love to support you in, in, um, in learning how to do that. You know, you mentioned this work and I think it makes me think of all the work that's going on now, you know, and people reaching out to others who are not like them, whether it be Black Lives Matter or, or the different, different sexualities, uh, different ways of looking at things. You know, there, there's an opportunity there, isn't there, to to have an empathic connection, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And go beyond the old dualities uh, and separations. And seems to me that's that's part of this too. But I have a, I have a, a question, it's a two-part question. How do I protect myself from, quote, an energy vampire? Right. That's the first question. And then lo and behold, God help me. If I'm an energy vampire, how do I stop loading, uh, offloading on somebody else? So two part question. OK, so the first to answer the first part, an energy vampire is someone who at an on an inner child level needs love at the deepest level. And so what I always recommend is to pray to pray for them and pray, pray to their back bodies, not their front body. Their front body is reaching for connection and love and an unmet need. That might be a lot for the recipient, but that's an indication that they're not in their back body. So you can literally close your eyes and breathe and pray that they find themselves and their deepest mm -hmm. love in their back body. That's I number that. one. I Secondly, like if you were uh, an energetic vampire, quote unquote, I would again, lean back into that back body. There's a part reaching for some unmet need to be met from the front of the chakras. That's what energy vampire transference is. And so if we were to lean back, ground ourselves, connect divinely vertically through our divine connection from above and below, lean into that back body and find our center, we can pull our energy from the front body back in and stay intact. So that's wow, what I would sage, sage advice, yeah. Mm -hmm. Folks, let me tell you about next week's show and then we'll have our final thoughts. Uh, with Wendy. 
Our next week, author, entrepreneur, and healer, Michelle Welsh, uh, is going to join me to talk about her book. It's called The Magic Connection, Stop Cutting Cords and Learn to Transform Negative Energy and Live an Empowered Life. Um, so a little bit of a piggyback on some of the ideas today. We'll find out what the magic connection is. Um, so we're almost at the end of the show. Words of wisdom for listeners today, Wendy, that they could take with them. Trust your intuition. As cliche as it sounds, that is the power in you that is emerging through your sensitivity. So tune into it, listen to it, feel it, know it, sense it. However your body intuits, tune into that energy and um, that, that your soul. Tune into your soul and let that part of you guide you. And the book, of course, is published in all the usual outlets. If people want to get in touch with you directly, do you have a website? Yes, I have two. I have wendyderosa.com is my personal website. I also am the founder of the School of Intuitive Studies, and that's where I run trainings and helping people develop their intuition. And I run a healer training program. So schoolofintuitivestudies.com is the other, um, the other website. Excellent. And thanks, folks, for listening to today's show and all the other shows on world spirituality. My own book, Unity and World Religions, will be out in a couple of months. So look, look for that. I'm excited about it being published. And uh, it's been a wonderful time with, with Wendy today. Th thank you so much, Wendy, for bringing your insights and, and wisdom to, to do our show. I really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been an honor. Thank you. And thanks for listening, folks. Be safe now and look forward to talking with you next week. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Let go of everyday worries and find your calm with positive prayer from Silent Unity, the newest in voice-activated technology, available on any Alexa-enabled device like the Amazon Echo. Each prayer and meditation on positive prayer will help strengthen, guide, and comfort you. To enable it, just say, Alexa, open positive prayer. You can ask for a specific prayer on topics like healing, prosperity, and comfort. Give it a try today.